Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. He's got it! Lazard! Gonna go! Touchdown! Rodgers snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon! Allen has time. away Garrett Wilson Wilson a big play downfield Allen tripped up he could not get past Jermaine Johnson oh look at the speed of Brees Hall he's done it again Brees lightning 62 yards for the touchdown and he's sacked again by Quinton Williams what a beast number 95 for the Jets listen this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeJet1. And we are going to talk about an interesting parallel between the Denver Broncos, who brought in Peyton Manning in the year 2012, and the New York Jets, who brought in Aaron Rodgers in 2023. I was looking at the stories and the paths of both players, and it really is fascinating how much both guys and both teams have in common. And so to talk about this, my buddy who, of course, covers the Broncos for Predominantly Orange and does the mainly Broncos podcast, Cameron Parker. You know him, you love him. He's been on the show a bunch of times. Cam, thanks so much for coming back on, brother. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, it's definitely fun to kind of talk about these parallels. And plus, you know, when the Broncos suck, it always is nice to reminisce the good old days. And, of course, the good old days, of course, that revolve around uh, the success that happened with Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos. So, <laughs> Without a doubt, those were the glory years, or at least the recent glory years. We can go back recent, yeah. to John Elway, who had some great years and actually played a very pivotal role in Peyton Manning winding up with the Denver Broncos. We're going to get to that in a second, but I thought this was interesting. The Broncos had some really nice pieces on offense in 2011 but Tim Tebow was the quarterback now Demarius Thomas got hurt at a certain point but still everybody knew he was an emerging stud and the Broncos wound up in 2011 ranked 25th in points scored now they also were 24th in points allowed and a lot of that I think had to do with major injuries that occurred the Broncos lost a bunch of players plus in 2011 they drafted some players that would blossom into superstars Von Miller was a rookie in 2011 played really well but in 2012 he just became an absolute superstar Cam as you pointed out to me before he started recording in 2012 the Broncos drafted a lot of very meaningful contributors on that side of the ball as well so talk to me a little bit about what you remember in terms of where the Broncos were at 
in 2011 with Tim Tebow because they did go 8-8. Eight eight. They did win a really bad AFC West that year. They did win a crazy miracle playoff game over the Pittsburgh Steelers, but they were extremely limited because they were handicapped completely by Tim Tebow at quarterback. Tebow could make some plays with his legs, but he really couldn't do much throwing the football. And while he was more productive than Zach Wilson simply because he could make plays with his legs, it was a similar Mm -hmm. situation this year with the Jets where you knew there were some pieces, but they just weren't able to score points consistently because Zach Wilson couldn't get the job done. And then when it wasn't Zach Wilson, Mike White was better than Wilson, but still not exactly a guy that you would want to count on as a regular starter. And Joe Flacco had one foot in retirement. Yeah, and I mean, when you look at some of the stuff that the Denver Broncos had in 2011, just like from the defensive side of things, and I'll focus on that just because of the simple fact that like in terms of the Tebow run, like because that was the moment when things really started to turn around was when Tebow was the starter despite the limited action. Um, You really started to see the defensive overall season statistics don't necessarily show it, but I mean, when you go on and you look at the weekend, weekend, weekend and week out basis as far as like what Denver was able to perform, a vast majority of the time when they were playing their teams, they had them under 20 points a vast majority of the time. And that is an attribute, obviously, to their defense. And, you know, they did have a rookie, Von Miller, but I think the other thing, too, to remember um, is they also had an Elvis Doomerville, like a really mm-hmm. young and uh, prominent Elvis Doomerville. So you did have that at the one point of their careers, a very young, you know, Robin to a Batman at that point in time, I should say, even though we all knew who the Batman was, you know, even though he was a rookie and that being Von Miller, but you also still had Champ Bailey. You also had a very young Chris Harris Jr. Um, You had some pieces that were a little bit left over from the uh, Josh McDaniels era, if you will. And that being, um, some Andre Goodman and um, Orlando Frank, uh, Orlando Franklin, as far as on the offensive tackle side of things, and he was probably maybe their best right tackle, if you will, in uh, the Broncos' history, at least at this particular point, and maybe um, even in current history, if you will, if you're bringing, for argument's sake. Um, but they did have some pieces, and you said it on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I, I think one of the underrated part of this. Uh, was certainly the running game. And, you know, Willis McGay, he certainly seemed like he was uh, over the hill. Like, it seemed like he was over the hill, but with Tim Tebow um, using his legs and with the Broncos really becoming that dominant rushing attack, it became that two-headed or three-headed or four-headed monster, depending on who they were rolling out rushing football, that they were just really productive. I mean, guys like uh, Lance Ball, uh, ended up being a productive player down the stretch. Obviously, Willis McGay, he, funny enough, no Sean Moreno was actually a non-factor when it came to the Denver Broncos rushing attack. So it was, it was really Tim Tebow, Lance Ball, and Willis McGahey that really kind of toted it. And the their receiving yards when it came to Damaris Thomas and, should I say, a familiar face as well with the New York Jets fan base, and that is Eric Decker. Eric Decker, obviously... Mm-hmm. Um, was a uh, not not necessarily a household name when it came to the Denver Broncos, but I, we as we all know that when Peyton Manning came into town, Damaris Thomas and Eric Decker were maybe two of the biggest recipients of what happened when Peyton Manning be, was was part of that building. But 
it was a magical run. Everything that lasted and everything that you saw game by game, um, it, it everything boiled down to the final play, um, and it was magical. But you know, all thing, all good things came to an end, and should I say, all things came to an abrupt end because after that magical run uh, and magical play that really jump started Demarius Thomas's career um with the Pittsburgh Steelers it was unfortunately abruptly ended by a lot of people's greatest of all time being Tom Brady and of course maybe the greatest coach of all time being Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots and I think they got blown out uh in Foxborough like the week after so uh, but you know right after that was when of course the Denver Broncos signed Peyton Manning play like a jet play like a jet a lot of people look at Demaryius Thomas and how he blossomed with Peyton Manning and tie it back to Garrett Wilson, who was excellent even with terrible quarterback play. Demaryius Thomas, of course, making plays with a quarterback who is subpar as well in Tim Tebow. The Jets don't necessarily have that young receiver like Eric Decker who might blossom under Aaron Rodgers, but still a parallel there. Jets 7-10 and in a tough division. The Broncos 8-8 eight and eight in a bad division, winning the AFC West outright, but realizing it wasn't good enough for sustained success. And John Elway, who is team president, was the guy who was the quarterback the last time the Broncos won the Super Bowl. In fact, they won two of them with John Elway, and they had been to five total. And so the Broncos went out there, and they tried to recruit Peyton Manning. And it's funny, Cam, because I remember... When Manning was out there, everybody was saying he was going to want to play in a dome or he was going to want to play in warm Mm -hmm. weather or he was going to want to play with a team that was already a juggernaut. And he picked none of those things. He ended up going to the Broncos. Great sales pitch by John Elway. And here's what Peyton Manning said at the time. Cam, tell me if you think this sounds a little similar to what we've been hearing both from the Jets and Aaron Rodgers about the acquisition of Rodgers by the Jets. Quote, I realize I don't have 14 years left by any means. This isn't something where I'm just building a foundation to do something in two years or three years. This is a now situation. Now, obviously, we know that Manning ended up staying a few years. We're going to do whatever we can to win right now. That is all I am thinking about at the moment. Elway, after the signing, said, quote, I believe that he's got a lot of great football left in him. The Broncos ended up signing Manning to a $96 million deal over five years. Now, if you'll recall, the Colts ended up cutting Peyton Manning because he was coming off neck surgery and he was due a $28 million option. This point in time, with the way the quarterback salaries have exploded, they probably would have picked that up and tried to trade him. But at that point, $28 million was an insane amount of money for a quarterback coming off neck surgery. However, because they released him, he was free to go wherever he wanted, and he ended up going to Denver. John Elway convinced him that this was a team that was indeed ready to win now. And so you look at Aaron Rodgers, and it's a sort of similar situation, right? The Broncos, they're coming off a playoff win. They had this magical run, but they knew that they needed that quarterback to push them forward. They had some emerging pieces. Same thing here with the Jets. 7-10 and last year, they didn't make the playoffs with that, but still a young ascending roster that needs that quarterback to really push them forward. And so when you look at this contract here with the Broncos, it was a matter of both sides understanding this was a short-term marriage. They were going to go all in and they were going to try and win this thing in the short period of time that they had. Seems very similar to what we've heard from the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. The similarities 
just up and down are really insane because, um, you know, I, I think the one thing, at least even on the coaching side of things, as far as similarities, if we can start there too, um, is one of the biggest things that, let's just say that wasn't in the Broncos' favor under Russell Wilson um, in terms of if you want to compare that to Peyton Manning, was there was a new head coaching change. Um, and the thing with the Denver Broncos under Peyton Manning was there was no head coaching change. There was just a quarterback change, mm-hmm. and that was John Fox. And then you correlated, ironically, to the New York Jets, uh, the they basically decide to trade. They finally trade. It took them about 17 years, but they finally got it done with the trade and and got Aaron Rodgers, um, and he comes over to the Jets. But a guy who was already there was Robert Sala from the year before, mm-hmm. and he the, the Jets made the decision to hire Nathaniel Hackett, and we all know Hackett was a Denver Broncos coach, but one of the reasons even then when the Broncos hired him was that are the Broncos going to be going after Aaron Rodgers? And it definitely seemed like they were kicking the tires, but they ultimately decided on Russell Wilson, as we know. But there was a connection there. And I think the funny correlation between this and Peyton Manning um, is the Adam Gase situation. And, funny enough, Adam Gase is a former New York Jet head coach. I don't need to relive that history for a New York Jet fan. Um, but... Um, but anyway, um, but Adam Gase um, is, in essence, the correlation here between that and Nathaniel Hackett. And um, because we all know that Adam Gase was almost the right-hand man, if you will, in terms of all the compliments and all the admiration of the world, if you will, from Peyton Manning. You see that exact same vibe between Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is, is just absolutely adored by Hackett and vice versa. And so I think that's one of the, the amazing correlations, I think, just for starters, because, right, like if you look from a foundational perspective, you always want to start from the front office or from the front office down to the coaching staff. And so, like, to start from there first, like the coaching staff, you can definitely see the correlations with the coaching staff. Cameron, I'll say this too. In addition to correlations with the coaching staff, I feel like there are a lot of other similarities in terms of the culture that Peyton Manning brought to the Broncos and the culture that Aaron Rodgers seems to have already brought to the New York Jets. And not only that, but also the fact that both guys were coming off of injuries. Now, Aaron Rodgers played through his injury, but he had a really brutal fracture of his thumb that clearly had an impact on him, and he had a down year. Peyton Manning didn't play at all the year before he left, and that's why the Colts were able to get the first pick in the draft in a year where a generational quarterback prospect was going to go number one, and that was Andrew Luck. But here's what John Elway had to say about everything at the time. I don't consider it much of a risk acquiring Peyton Manning and knowing him. I asked him, is there any doubt in your mind that you can't get back to the Peyton Manning we know? And he said, no doubt in my mind I can do that, which is what Rodgers has essentially said. He believes he's still Aaron Rodgers the same way that Peyton Manning believed he was still Peyton Manning. And so you have this culture shift in Denver. You have a culture shift here with the Jets, or at least it appears that that's where this is headed. 
And Rodgers brought some guys he was comfortable with. Alan Lazard comes in from Green Bay. So does Randall Cobb. You saw that happen with Peyton Manning and the Broncos. They brought in Jacob Tammy at tight end and Brandon Stokely at wide receiver. So talk to me a little bit about the similarities there with these guys both coming off of injuries. Manning's, of course, more severe because he missed the entire year, but still both guys having to answer questions late in their career, bringing those guys that they're familiar with, Tammy and Stokely in Manning's case, Lazard and Cobb in Rogers' case, and the culture shift, what you saw immediately from the Denver Broncos with Peyton Manning as opposed to the Denver Broncos before Peyton Manning, and contrasting that with the reports we're getting about what's happening with Aaron Rodgers early on with the Jets. Uh, you're, you're seeing a winning you're you're seeing a winning culture and from that you when you have a winning culture it requires having everybody in the building be bought in and when you are a team that was that is that close to sniffing the playoffs in a really hard division mind you um of the um the AFC East like you want to make sure that all the pieces are firing on 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 all cylinders and every single member of that engine is operating, you know, within that same mentality. And if you can bring in a lot of those players that Aaron Rodgers was comfortable with, that will help you significantly get from point A to point B. And we saw that with the Denver Broncos in the same capacity of, and uh, and if I'm not mistaken, Brandon Stokely was actually already a member of the Broncos before Peyton Manning came over, but still... You know, the correlation there is player-wise, you know, he's really comfortable with Randall Cobb for one. He's basically grown up with with Randall Cobb, and that's a guy he's been so familiar with his entire career. And Alan Lazard, you know, he's not a Devontae Adams, but for all intents and purposes, he basically created the player that is Alan Lazard today. Um, and, you know, and I think the argument's sake is actually – even with Aaron Rodgers, and you've actually told me this before, is that like even without Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard was actually a huge need for the Jets, even with with or without Rodgers. And so, but the fact you have him here just only helps benefit uh, the foundation and everything that is being led by Aaron Rodgers. Because you know it's great having Aaron Rodgers in that building, but when you have Rodgers in the building, Cobb in the building, Alan Lazard in the building. Um, you know, and I, and Adrian Amos, if you will, um, it seems like maybe, you know, he's come along those types of pieces that are familiar with Aaron Rodgers are big pieces that you can add to that kind of room that are stable pieces and good voices of reason to help get them from that engine from point A to point B. Cam, just to address one of the points you made as far as Brandon Stokely, Stokely was gone. He had gone to Seattle as a free agent, then to the Giants. He returned to Denver about a month after Peyton Manning signed, and he came back to Denver for a second stint because he wanted to play with Peyton Manning. In fact, Manning had consulted Stokely to find out more about what it would be like to play in Denver. Stokely gave it very positive reviews, and so that helped make his decision. But the interesting thing about what Peyton Manning was expected to do right away, we talked about the culture shift. It's the same thing that we're hearing about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers can lift everybody around him. He can make Garrett Wilson better. Mm -hmm. He can make all the young players like Brees Hall better. And so you hear about that with the Denver Broncos too when John Elway says 
not only is my goal to make Peyton Manning the best quarterback that's ever played the game, he's a guy that I know can raise all boats. He's already made his teammates better. They haven't met him yet just because of the type of person he is, just because of his reputation and what he's done in this league. So he's just going to have a tremendous effect on the Denver Broncos. You're seeing that already with the New York Jets. Now, as far as results go, if you go ahead and take a look at what Peyton Manning did his first year with the Broncos, we talked before, Cam, about the rankings that the Broncos had both on offense and defense when Tim Tebow was there. But first of all, let me read off Peyton Manning's stats here because he was runner-up for the MVP and an All-Pro coming off that neck surgery his first year in Denver. 69% completion percentage, 4,659 yards, 37 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 8 yards per attempt, and his quarterback rating that year was 105.8. Now, I'm not getting into the more advanced stats, but just a cursory look at what he did coming into Denver year one. Now, it would get even better year two, But that's incredible, and it shows up in the rankings for the Broncos. Now, I'm not going to say that Peyton Manning on his own made the defense better. (laughs) We talked before about the additions that they made and how Elvis Dumerville and the ascension of Von Miller, who Peyton Manning's first year had 18 and a half sacks. But check this out, Cam. The Broncos went from 25th in points the Tebow year to second with Peyton Manning. They went from 24th in points allowed the Tebow year to fourth in the first year of Peyton Manning. And I think part of that has to be because Peyton Manning did make the defense's life easier by keeping them off the field longer. They didn't have to carry the team or try to carry the team the way that they did when Tebow was there because Tebow was a run-heavy guy. He wasn't a guy that was going to make a lot of plays happen. So the whole idea was trying to keep the scores low. Didn't work out so much. But with Peyton Manning, they didn't necessarily have to do that. The pressure wasn't on them. And they ended up being a top-five unit. Now, the Broncos had top-five offense, top-five defense. I don't necessarily think the Jets are going to be able to do that, but is it possible they could have a top 10 defense and a top 10 offense? Some people are projecting that. So tell me a little bit more about the effect that Peyton Manning had raising the level of play of everybody around him, what you saw from him coming in year one, and that difference he made going from Tim Tebow as far as just overall quarterback play. And then when you look at Aaron Rodgers and you look at the Jets roster, how it could potentially be similar. I know that was a bit of a heartbreaking year, and we're going to go through Manning's entire run in a second. But at the beginning, just on the surface, it does look like what Peyton Manning did for the Broncos is certainly within reach for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but the pieces are there, and the culture is already starting to build. 100%. And... Um, you know, you were talking about, you know, the, the, the raising of all boats and there, there really was just like, you know, one player that I think I, I sort of like look at it from his career arc. Um, and it's not necessarily from the 2012 season in particular, it's actually from his career with Peyton Manning and his time, um, with, uh, with Peyton Manning, with the Broncos, but like, if you think about it for a second, um, no Sean Moreno is, you know, he was scrutinized really heavily, uh, you know, in Denver because 
he was basically regarded as instead of no Sean, no show in Denver. But when it came to Peyton Manning and his, you know, emergence, uh, Peyton Manning, I mean, you saw a reliability with no Sean Moreno and Peyton Manning. And that's the kind of player, for example, you know, when he raises all boats, we all knew about the talent of Noshawn Moreno, but a player like Peyton Manning that can get the most out of you and also make you a selfless player at that same time can help you become sixth all-time on the Denver Broncos rushing list. Yes, I said what I said. Like, Noshawn Moreno, for the short amount of time, is within the top ten of the Denver Broncos rushing yards um, you know, list, which is they've got a lot of really good names. So the fact that in a short amount of time you're able to lift that kind of boat to get that kind of productivity. Now, granted, I think for the New York Jets, you're not going to get, say, a running back per se, you know, that, you know, has been kind of like down in the lumps, if you will. Maybe that could be like a Michael Carter, right? Like maybe that could be like a Michael Carter. Um, but like for like the Brees Halls of the world, like, you already know exactly the type of player that he was. And barring what he didn't, if he didn't sustain that ACL injury, he might have been the offensive rookie of the year. Um, but I, I think that from the overall standpoint, you really did see as a, as a unit, obviously the offensive side of the ball is, it speaks for itself, but the defensive side of the ball is truly where you saw it. And every, every single member that you saw from that team I think you just saw contributions up and down that defensive, uh, the defensive line, the defensive backs, um, the linebackers. I mean, you know, you, you were getting productivity from uh, Danny Trevathan. Um, you're getting productivity from, uh, you know, from Malik uh, uh, Malik Jackson. Um, I mean, uh, who were who also happened to be players uh, that were drafted in the 2012. Um, NFL draft along with Derek Wolf as well. So, I mean, you know, you're able to get some productivity from players in that 2012 draft class, which was the first year under Peyton Manning. That also helped, you know, instill that foundation also from down from day one. So that also will help lift the boats, if you will, of everybody in that room. Um, and so, yeah, it's just it, it just affects everybody uh, when you have any all-star Hall of Fame caliber player like that in in Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning. That's going to wrap up part one of our conversation about Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos and the comparisons that are there between that and Aaron Rodgers getting traded to the New York Jets with our buddy Cam Parker of the Mainly Broncos podcast and Predominantly Orange. We'll pick this up with part two tomorrow. In the meantime, make sure that you check out everything Cam is doing at Predominantly Orange and the Mainly Broncos podcast. Check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the play like jet youtube channel we've got some awesome all 22 breakdowns on our channel so make sure you watch them all and subscribe to our channel at youtube.com slash play like a jet visit our store tpublic.com that's teepublic.com we've got the john franklin myers quentin williams bless you thank you shirt the play like a jet logo shirt caps mugs hoodies it's all there tpublic.com that's teepublic.com and be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on itunes if you haven't done that already Ready. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.